Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And this is where the culture meets scripture. Welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm so excited uh, about this show today. I'm going to be answering the question, um, what is wrong with horoscopes? Is it okay for us as Christians to engage in using horoscopes or zodiac signs and and, and those things. And, and what does the Bible say about it? So I'm going to be talking about that. And also I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare and the importance of us as Christians understanding who we are in Christ and, and, and understanding spiritual warfare and our position in spiritual warfare as believers. But listen, I want to hurry up and get into these topics because I have a lot to cover, but all of it is going to be worth it. Trust me, all of it is going to be worth it. But before we hop into the topics and the featured song, the featured song and the topics, I mean, um, a few announcements. Listen, our, our, our latest project, The Peculiar, is available now. Um, it's available on all digital outlets. I know I've been promoting it like crazy on social media if you follow me but listen it's, it's amazing to me as much as I promote path of revelation um, what what path of revelation is doing whether whether it's music or podcast it's always a couple of people that are like oh yo I didn't know y'all had music out now or yo I love y'all music or I love Man, y'all have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, man, we're on like episode 28 right now. It's always someone who has not heard. And so I, I try to use every platform opportunity to share what we have going on because the way these algorithms are set up on social media, um, not everyone who's following me or following Path of Revelation uh, sees everything that's being posted, unfortunately. So I try to uh, announce what we have going on as as frequent as possible for those, because I don't. I'm not sure when you guys are going to hear it. So yeah, our latest project is available now. The peculiar available on all digital outlets. Um, check it out. Make sure you visit the website pathofrevelationnow.com. Also. Uh, the end of this month, June, um, I mean, I said June, July 26, which is a Friday night, July 26. If you are in the Detroit area, I will be preaching. I will be preaching um, at a um, for a revival at Victory Christian Center Church, Victory Christian Center Church, which is located in Hamtramck. It's on. 5080 Bel Belmont Street. So, man, if you're in the Detroit area at seven o'clock, I'll be preaching J July 26 at Victory Christian Center Church for their revival for their youth night. Man, listen, I'm expecting um, to have a great time with them, you know, and, and sharing the word of God. Also, 
July 27th, the very next day, Matt and I will be in Dallas, Texas in concert with our ABC family, um, Adamant Believers Council, church led by Pastor G. Craig. So we'll be in Dallas, Texas. Man, I would love to see your face. Um, And that's what we got going on. Listen, the featured song for this episode is from our latest project, The Peculiar. It's Matt's single on our project. The title of the song is Closure. It's produced by Marcus Shutfield. Man, our brother Marcus, man, he he produced two songs on this latest project. Um, He produced Closure and he produced Godly. Man, he's one of my favorite producers of all time, man. Make sure you go, go download the project or stream it. Here's our song, Closure. Don't you get discouraged for a moment I know the road you're on gets pretty lonely I'm just here to tell ya Jesus never failed ya Don't you get discouraged for a moment I know the road you're on gets pretty lonely I'm just here to tell ya, I'm just here to tell ya He will never lie, he will never fail ya You're feeling like you can't get past the surface Remember by his blood you were purchased Every day, I wake up quoting Romans 8 and 1 The odds of me battling with the scripture in my flesh is like 8 and 1 But I thank the son, salvation is wrapped up with what he done I might say his enemy number one, we take it and run with the war done How can a guy, yeah, how can a guy strive with humanity When it seems what we're doing, refusing to choose him and full of excuses and sanity Tragedy, strategy, majesty mad at me, came to the king, I was stuffed, called it allergy Opened me up like I was a cannon, dying for us Flattery. Now let me preach. Let him preach. Turn to your neighbor, say you are forgiven. I want you to run to the finish line. Instead, you are living. Steady, tripping. Over past hurts, past pains. Not able to walk out your faith because you're living in fear of all of your past shames. Let it go. Tear the walls down. Jericho. Jesus is healing the land. Please hear what I'm saying. You stuck with your head in the sand. Just take a second and understand. We're a new creature. Regenerate. All things made new. What else? The old things. He could have displayed it across of a screen. All of your sins play like a scene in front of your team, as if it's a dream. All of your sins when it's point to your teens. But they got we serving a father of peace who doesn't require more weight but relief. All he wants is a people who will seek after his heart with no motors we tweak. Let it breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He exudes with consistency, yeah. On the flip, we fell consistently. Brilliantly, see. I'm glad that he's not mad. On the job, that bitch. Love chosen action. Death was that option. Thank you. The hardest part of forgiveness is forgiving yourself. Condemning yourself. Put those feelings on the shelf. Whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Continue in a state of regret When you came to Jesus, he erased all your debt Tip of other holy girls, call it blessed uh, We serve a just king That's part of his title Side note, he could've went viral Eyes closed, but chose to die, so I rose Don't you get discouraged for a moment I know the road you're on gets pretty lonely 
I'm just here to tell ya Jesus never failed ya Don't you get discouraged for a moment I know the road you're on is pretty lonely I'm just here to tell ya, I'm just here to tell ya Closure is from our latest project, The Peculiar. Once again, make sure you go grab that if you haven't. You could stream it, download it, or however you listen to music. But listen, let's hop into the topic. I had the question asked to me, what is wrong with horoscopes? Um, and this, this, this person that asked me this, I can tell that they were passionate and, and very sincere. Like, you know how when you post on social media and you're making a point and you can tell someone is trolling, like they don't really want to know the answer. They're just really trying to get under your skin. Like, I can tell that this young lady wasn't doing that. And I can tell that she really wanted to know the answer. But she was responding to a post that I made um, where I said that some of us struggle with our walk in our walk with the Lord or struggle to follow the Lord because we're getting information from too many sources. One minute we're consulting the Bible. The next minute we're consulting our horoscopes. And then I ended the statement with no one, no man can serve two masters. And so the young lady came on there very sincere and she was like, what's wrong with horoscopes. She's like, what's wrong with horoscopes? Um, if the stars and the moon and the planets are made by God, what's wrong with looking to his creation? And, and I think it's a, I think it's a good question, you know, because a lot of times many, I I know this is a question that many Christian, a lot of Christians have, as well, like what's wrong with horoscopes? What's wrong with zodiac signs? Like I'm not actually casting a spell. Like, um, and, and a lot of some Christians are afraid to really ask the question, and some Christians may actually part engage in these things, but because their church teaches against it, or it may be frowned upon, some some are afraid to actually ask. And so what I want to do is I want to look at this question from a biblical standpoint and really try, just try to give some biblical understanding. And then I want to deal with spiritual warfare and the importance of knowing Christ and knowing who we are in Christ as it relates to spiritual warfare, because I believe these topics go hand in hand. I believe it's important to understand that we are in a war. Whether and it's not a it's not a war that you volunteer for or 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 have a choice in. 
we're in a war. Like, you know, the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So whether or not you're want you you whether or not you want to fight or not, there is an enemy and in, in, in enemies following that enemy that hates your guts. <laughs> and so I want I wanna I want to um give you guys understanding on what is wrong with horoscopes and zodiac signs and what's wrong with fortune telling and things of that nature and what does the bible say about it um if and this is episode 29 just to be clear if you have not heard episode 28 after you hear this episode i would recommend for you to go back and listen to episode 28 because i believe these um these two episodes um, will really help you in this area of understanding. Okay. So listen, what is wrong with horoscopes? What, what's the big deal? So what we have to do, what, I, what our, what is important for us to do is to look at what is astrology because horoscopes is, a, is, a, is, is astrology. And, and what does the Bible say about it? Well, when we look at the definition of astrology, it is the study of the movements and relative positions of celestial bodies. If you don't understand what a celestial body is, celestial bodies is basically the stars or, or planets. Um, celestial bodies is, it means um, to be positioned in the, in the sky or in the heavens. Um, um, and so astrology is the study of the movements and relative positions of celestial bodies or planets and stars interpreted as having an influence on human affairs in the natural world. So in other words, it's the belief that based on how the stars aligned and the planets align, that the stars and the planets actually influence human behavior and the outcomes of the world. And so ultimately, um, horoscopes teach us to look to the stars and the planets for guidance and identity instead of God. I'm going to say that again. Horoscopes teach us to look to the stars and planets for guidance in identity instead of God. Now, some people will disagree with that and say, well, I do both. I pray and I check my horoscope. Well, the problem with that is we can't serve God the way we want to serve God. See, I believe that you were created with a purpose. I believe that I was created with a purpose and that the one who created us is the one who instructs us on how to follow him. Like we don't define how we serve God. God defines how we serve him. God determines um, our purpose. I believe that God knew you 
before the foundations of the earth. I believe God knew you before your parent, before you were ever a thought to your parents. I believe that he knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. I believe that. And listen, I believe, and I'm saying all this because I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I believe that Christ is not just the, Christ, the God of the Christians. Now, what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying that I believe everyone is born again or everybody's saved and everybody's going to heaven. But what I'm saying is, whether you identify as a Christian or not, I believe that Christ is the true and living God. I believe he is the one who created you and formed you. And I believe that you were created to worship and glorify him. Colossians 1 and 16 says, for by him and through him were all things created. And so the Bible lets us know that astrology is a form of divination. What is divination? Divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. What's a form? What's a what's an example of divination? Psychic reading, palm readings, astrology, zodiac signs, anything that speaks to who you are and who you were created to be outside of the God of the Bible is a form of witchcraft. And so the Bible uh, calls divination an abomination. And so when we when we as human beings seek identity and purpose outside of the one who created us, it is a form of idolatry. It is a form of self-worship. It is us saying, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do what I think is I'm going to exalt what I think is right above what God says is right. And so. Associating horoscopes with God is like associating McDonald's with vegans. God has nothing to do with it. Like he doesn't like. It's like it's like you trying to say that McDonald's is a vegan's favorite restaurant. No, they, they hate it. God hates it. And so really. Here's another thing. Divination or astrology is just really a form of. Consulting with demons. When you when you participate in. Psychic readings, palm readings, forms of witchcraft, you are literally consulting demonic spirits or, or a demonic spirit. Now people, now get this, and this is where the deception comes in. And I'm going to give you scripture to back up what I'm saying. But this is where the deception comes in. Because many people who are involved in witchcraft, astrology, white magic, a lot of them will deny that they are consulting evil spirits. 
I remember I was talking with a young man who, and I've talked to a couple of people who are involved in white magic, but one of the things that the, this particular young man told me, he was like, well, there, no, I don't, it's not, we're not consulting evil spirits. He was like, there's good, there's good magic and there's bad magic. He's like, I do white magic. I'm, I, I do the good magic, uh, things like Wicca. And I told him, I was like, well, the, the Bible lets me know that there's no such thing as good magic. And see, that's the deception. The enemy will, the Bible lets us know that the enemy will present himself as an angel of light. In other words, he will come in the name of peace and good and positivity. But the, but the end goal is still the same. Is to, is to destroy you, is to get you and pull you as far away from faith in Jesus Christ as possible, is to lead you to trust in him and trust in yourself and never come to the knowledge of the truth, as the Bible says. And so divination is a sin that God hates. It's it's amazing because people people will trust in the stars and the planets, but will reject the God who made them. This is deception. Deuteronomy's Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. This is what the Bible has to say about horoscopes and zodiac signs, astrology, sorcery, divination, and all of this. Now, this is God speaking to Israel right before they enter the land of Canaan, the land of promise. He says, when you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of of those nations there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering that sounds like abortion anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer. Listen, all of these things are like soothsayers, witches. Like a, ne- a, a necromancer is a person who is possessed by a familiar spirit. So in other words, and I've talked to different witches who, who, who fall under the, uh, who, who fall under the, um, uh, fall under the label of ne- necromancer. Um, it is the belief that they have control of a familiar spirit, but really the familiar spirit is deceiving and has control over them. Or one, continue reading on verse 11, or one who inquires of the dead. So praying to the dead, that's a form of divination. It's a form of witchcraft. Verse 12, for whoever does these things, is an abomination to the Lord. 
And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. So in other words, God is judging these nations because they're engaged in these things. Verse 13, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you are about to de dispossess. They listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 23. It says for rebellion is as the sin of divination. And presumption is as iniquity in idolatry. Listen, we as Christians, we, we were created, once again, as I said before, we were created to glorify God. But we as Christians can't glorify God while holding hands with familiar spirits. We can't, we can't glorify God while engaging in witchcraft. See, some of us have a problem with this because we want to be able to do both. Some of us want to be able to serve our flesh and serve God. We want to be able to um, be considered a professing a, a, a Christian while on, while on the other hand, Dabbling in the um, engaging in the forbidden things. The Bible says, man, you're either hot or you're cold, though. Like I have I have more respect for people who just are come out and say, yo, I'm not a Christian. This is what what I choose to do. I have more respect for those people who don't identify as Christian than I do the people who identify as Christian, but want to live for the devil. Jesus said, I would rather you be hot or cold. But he says the person that's on the fence in between, the person that's lukewarm, he says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. See, the people... I, and, and I've said that I said this when I first started my podcast, I said it like in one of the first episodes, either episode one or two, maybe even three. I believe that one of the greatest weapons of the enemy isn't a person who's just straight up evil. But I believe one of the greatest weapons of the devil is a person who comes in the name of peace. A person who claims to follow God or a person who claims to follow Christ. But they serve the devil. Because I believe the lukewarm people are the ones who confuse people the most. Like we don't have to have a debate on whether or not Hitler was evil. We don't have to have a debate on whether or not. Um, bin Laden was evil. Like we don't have to have a debate on whether or not ISIS is evil. 
most people will say, yeah, man, they're the most evil people to walk the face of the earth. Why? Because they're not straddling the fence. But it's the people that play both sides of the fence that I believe the devil uses the almost the most to deceive people. Into thinking that they can serve God. And serve themselves. And so it's important for us to understand as Christians. That we are in a war. This is a, this is a spiritual warfare. This, now this is me going into the spiritual aspect. Because. I don't play. Listen I don't play with the enemy. Like when you start getting into witchcraft and stuff and like, man, you're really you're really you're you're literally playing with the devil. And, and I and I really believe that. Witchcraft has become such a normal part of American culture um, as it is in the entire world. Like, we, we don't even recognize it when we see it. Like, we, we don't even flinch at it. Like, it's in our movies, it's in our cartoons, and, you know, it's funny. I'm just laughing a little bit to myself because I just remember growing up in a Christian home, our parents didn't let us watch the Smurfs. <laughs> like, they didn't want us watching the Smurfs because they saw this one particular episode. They, um, they saw the Smurfs. Um, cooking up spells and, and, and stuff. And so once they saw that, they was like, nope, you can't watch that. And so like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm looking at how witchcraft and magic is just such a regular part of our culture today that we don't even guard our children in our homes from it. We just open the door up for the enemy to come in. And so it's important that we understand how the enemy operates because here and hear me when I say this really good. Fighting the devil. And hear me like this is I need you to hear me. Fighting the devil doesn't begin with rebuking the devil. But submitting to God. I'm going to say that again. Fighting the devil doesn't begin with rebuking the devil. But it begins with submitting to God. See, the problem, many of us are so religious that we, we, we think we can shout around the church and rebuke the devil while living for the devil in our lives. Like you can't rebuke the devil and live for him. Fighting the devil begins with submitting to God. Like I'm reminded of the story in Acts chapter 19, verse 15 through 16. There's a man in this chapter in Acts 19. There's a man possessed with a demon. And there's seven Jewish exorcists. And the Bible in, in this chapter, Paul is, is so, the anointing is so strong on Paul that the Bible lets us know that when handkerchiefs and aprons touched his skin, and then those same handkerchiefs and aprons touched people who were sick, 
or people who were possessed with demons that 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 when the handkerchief and apron touched them, they were they were healed and the demons came out of them. That's how strong the anointing was on Paul. And so as Paul is casting out demons in the name of Jesus and, and, and he's performing miracles and healing people by the power of Jesus. The seven exorcists, Jewish exorcists, see what Paul is doing and they approach this man who's demon possessed. And and they say to the man who's demon possessed, they, they say, in Jesus name, who Paul proclaims, we command you to come out. So they're attempting to cast the demon out of out of the man. And the demon looks at them and says, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I recognize. But who are you? And and, and the Bible says that the man who had the evil spirit leaped on them. And mastered them and overpowered them. In other words, he beat their butt. (laughs) He beat them up. So that they fled the house naked and wounded. So he, he beat them up. He stripped them of their clothes. And he sent them away running. What's the point I'm getting at? They tried to rebuke the devil. Without having relationship and being submitted to God. See, the enemy recognizes when we have power with God. The devil recognizes when we truly are anointed. See, we can't we can't use God as if he's as if like the name of Jesus is a magic wand. That we can wave around and say, abracadabra, or in the name of Jesus, be healed. Or like you just can't, like you can't use the authority of Christ without being submitted to the authority of Christ. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Like, I don't know about you. I want my life to be so full of the spirit. And my desire is that your life is so full of the spirit. That the devil has to flee. He can't do anything with you. Yes, he can tempt you and attack you with God's permission. But ultimately... My prayer is that our submission and our heart turned towards God sends the devil running and saying, hey, we can mess with them, but we can't mess with her. We can wreak havoc in his life or her life, but we can only do so much with him until we got to go. Because it is the anointing that destroys the yokes. It is the anointing. That destroys the bondage in, the, in, in our lives and in others' lives. So we have to understand how the enemy operates. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, for, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, we're not, the real war is not human versus human. The real war isn't you versus me. This is why when I look at social media and the media and I see black versus white, pro-choice versus uh, pro-life, and I see all of this division and I see the enemy in the midst working to keep humanity distracted from its need for a savior. Because if I'm busy fighting against white supremacists and or fighting against white privilege and, and white people are, are pointing the finger at me and saying, man, y'all not a person. And we're fighting each other and we're going back and forth and, and we, the church, are adopting these arguments and these quarrels and we're not coming together in unity to love one another and to forbear one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are distracted. And we're missing the real enemy. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, I want to read this in King James as well, because that was the ESV. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. When you see principalities, principalities means the origin of a thing. It means the beginning of something. Or the cause of something. And so when I see racism, instead of blaming white people, I blame the devil. And I see that, hey, this is the enemy working in the world. When I see injustice and, and hatred and bias, the murdering of babies, I see, oh, that's the working of a principality. That is the working of the devil. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't hold the human humanity who's responsible for these things responsible. But we as Christians have to get back to getting on our knees and interceding and praying. Praying that God move, that God destroys the bondage and destroys the yokes. Recognizing that the enemy is working. The devil's kingdom is set up in ranks. That's why it says authorities, principalities, powers. The Bible says this about the enemy in Ephesians 2 and 2. It refers to the devil as the prince of the power of the air. That word prince is translated to ruler. In other words, the enemy, when it says the prince of the power of the air, 
that speaks of atmosphere. That speaks of what's going on in the media, what's taking place on our televisions, what what's taking place over the airwaves or the Internet. That's why you can't jump on social media or turn on the television without seeing idolatry being glorified, homosexuality. Like people can't even sell peanut butter. Without showing homosexuality. We can't even sell tires and food. Without putting some type of demonic agenda in the mix. It's because the prince of the power of the air is at work. And the Bible says that he's working in the children of disobedience. And so when we reject God and cling to what we want to cling to. And do things our way. Like, man, look, I'm going to, hey, it don't take all of that. I'm still a Christian, but I'm going to engage in horoscopes. I'm going to look to the stars. I'm going to look to the stars and the moon for direction. Because God created the moon and the stars. Listen, we can't use God's creation the way we want to use it. God created everything with a purpose. And when we rebel against God, we determine our own purpose for the things that he created. And in that we are rebelling against him. God never tells us to trust in the stars and the planets. He tells us in Proverbs three, verse five through six, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't even lean to your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Jesus says in John 16, he says, I go away, but I won't leave you comfortless. He says, when I go away, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will lead and guide you into all truth. See, it is a it is the effect of. Pursuing. It's the lust of knowledge, as I said in episode 28, some of us are so hungry for knowledge that we're getting information from so many sources that we're all over the place. One minute we're listening to a sermon. The next minute we're listening to Charlemagne, the God. (laughs) One minute we're listening to. The audio Bible. And then the next minute. We're listening to. The housewives. Of Atlanta or. You know. A reality show like we're. We're getting information from everywhere. And our worldview is being shaped. To follow the things of this world. And so we become, we we become, as the Bible says, a double-minded man. And and the Bible lets us know a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. But listen, the enemy, if we look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, when it talks about authorities and principalities, the the Bible refers to Satan as the God of this world. And so ultimately. It is Satan. Who is pulling. 
the strings behind the scenes of what's wrong in this world. And so just like he deceived Eve in the garden and Adam ate of the tree of the fruit as well, he is deceiving the world. He is deceiving um, and has infiltrated governments. He's infiltrated kingdoms. He has infiltrated schools. He has infiltrated government. He has infiltrated churches. Principalities against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. Listen, the enemy is is working in all of these realms. And so we as Christians, we, we can't be, as the Bible says, we, we can't be ignorant to the devil's devices. But we have to be sober-minded. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober-minded for your enemy. Be, be sober-minded, be vigilant, for your enemy is as a roaring lion walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. There are many people who are being devoured in this hour. They are being used as instruments of darkness. And they don't even know it. And so we as Christians have to make sure that we are not ignorant to the vices of the enemy. Now, some of us may be thinking like, man, well, do you have any examples, biblical examples of the devil or, or demonic spirits influencing government, influencing leaders? And yes, I do. Let's look at Daniel chapter 10. Now, this story is important because in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel received a vision from the Lord and he begins to seek God for three weeks concerning the vision that he received from the Lord. And the Bible and the angel of the Lord appears to Daniel and lets him know after three weeks that, hey, I the Lord heard your prayer the first day that you prayed. But he didn't arrive until three weeks later. Now, it's important to understand that Israel was under, I believe Israel was in the exile under the uh, the kingdom of Persia, under King Cyrus, king of Persia. And the angel of the Lord appears unto Daniel. And he says this in verse 12, he says, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. He's referring to a demonic spirit, a demonic principality right here. He says the prince or in other words, remember, I said prince is translated to ruler. He says the ruler of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Now this is an angel saying this. He's saying the ruler of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. 
But Michael, one of the chief princes, he's talking about Michael, the archangel. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. In other words, he was fighting and then angel, then the archangel Michael came with reinforcements and there was a war in the spirit between heaven and the demonic. He says, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days for the vision is for days yet to come. So we see the angel of the Lord is giving context to why it took so long for Daniel to get a response or get understanding to what he had prayed three weeks ago. There was spiritual warfare taking place. There was evil spirits trying to hold up and fight his consecration and his prayer. This is why it's so important to pray. This is why it's important to consecrate ourselves to the Lord and and fast and, and, and sacrifice and deny our flesh. There is power in prayer. Another example is when Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's sharing with them how he's going to have to die and he's going to be betrayed and killed for the sins of the world. And Peter in his flesh begins to rebuke Jesus and saying, I'm not going to let you die. I'm not, I'm not going to let this happen. And he's he's under the influence of Satan because he didn't he doesn't realize that Jesus is speaking according to the will of the father. He's speaking according to his purpose on earth. But Peter in his flesh responds and says, I'm not going to let that happen. And he actually in his arrogance rebukes Jesus. And, in, and instead of Jesus responding. And saying. Be quiet, Peter, I rebuke you. Jesus responds to Peter and says, Satan, get thee behind me. For you do not consider or have reverence for the things that be of God. And so Jesus was in the spirit and he recognized that one of his disciples were was being influenced by Satan. Even when we look at the Last Supper and when Jesus is sitting with the disciples. And he says, one of you will betray me. The one who dips his hand with me is going to betray me. And and Judas gets up and leaves. The Bible lets us know that Satan entered into Judas. Because his heart wasn't right. The Bible lets us know that Judas was possessed by Satan. Hear me good. My goal isn't to scare anyone. Like when you know God and you know who you are in God, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. Because you understand you have power over him. But what I want to stress is. The begin that number one, you are in a war. And number two. 
our first line of offense and defense in this war called life is surrendering our hearts and our minds to Jesus Christ. Surrendering and turning away from our sin. See, one of the biggest problems that we as humans have is we're in denial about our wickedness. We're in denial about the fact that we've sinned against the Holy God. We're in denial about the fact that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that, hey, you're really not a good person. You're really not a good guy or a good woman. Because you understand that God's definition of good is moral excellence. And none of us fit that bill but but God. And so because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we are in need of a savior. We we are in 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 headed for hell's judgment, hell fire. We are headed for eternity in 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 torment. But but God so loved us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish, will not go and spend eternity in hell, but that he's provided a way of escape that that when we put our trust in Christ, we are viewed as completely righteous in God's sight. We meet the standard of good. We meet the morals. We meet the standard of moral excellence, not because we've done good things, but because of what Christ has done. And so it's not about us trusting in our own goodness, because in God's eyes, we don't have any. But it's about trusting in the goodness and the finished work of Jesus. Listen to me. The beginning of you fighting back. And not just fighting back. But the beginning of you winning this war. This thing called life. Is the moment that you surrender to Jesus. Because on the cross. Right before he died. He said it is finished. That means that the debt is paid. The war is won. And so for us to be to 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 partake in the winning and be on the winning side, it starts with us surrendering our lives and our hearts to Jesus. And we have to and that starts with us. Admitting and being honest that, man, I'm a sinner. Man, I've trusted in myself. I've been I thought I was trusting in God, but I've been trusting in myself the whole time. I've been trusting in, in, in created things instead of the creator. I've been looking to everything else but you, Jesus. I've looked to the stars. I've looked to, to palm readers. I've, I've looked to sorcery. I've looked to to um, uh, looked for relationships to fulfill me and give me identity. I've looked to everything but you, God. And God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. And so it starts with submitting to God. The seven Jewish exorcists didn't have any power in Acts 19, not because there's not power in the name of Jesus, because there's power in the name of Jesus. But they didn't have any power in using the name of Jesus because they weren't submitted to the authority of Jesus. See, I don't want Jesus to just be my savior, but I want him to be my Lord. And there's a reality You can't have one without the other. Jesus can't be your savior if he can't be your Lord. (coughs) It's a package deal. And so, Lord, we want to confess you as Lord and savior of our lives. Listen, I pray that this message has blessed you. If you have any questions or anything uh, pertaining to what anything you've heard on this episode, feel free to write me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, go to pathofrevelationnow.com and leave a message. If you have any questions about anything you've heard during this episode or any episode, feel free to ask me or any suggestions for future episodes. Okay? I want to hear from you guys. But listen, I want to pray with you. Real quick, Father God, I pray, God, that everyone under the sound of my voice, if they do not know you, I pray that they're convicted of their sin and that they come and lay and lay everything down at your feet, that they surrender their hearts to you in the name of Jesus, that they that they receive you as Lord and Savior in their life. And that they turn away from their sin and put complete trust in you. And God, I pray that you will lead and guide them by your Holy Spirit. You said you won't leave them comfortless. You said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And so, God, I pray, God, that we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we hunger and thirst after your ways, after your heart, after your mind, after your will. And Lord, make us whole in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord makes you whole and that he completes you. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Path of Revelation podcast. And this is where the culture meets scripture.